So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. It's time for the starting five right at the top of, uh, of the five, five o'clock hour on a Wednesday. Let's go ahead and start with number five. The University of North Carolina Tar Heels have a gigantic game tonight. Number seven, Oklahoma. And it's gigantic for a few reasons. Um, starting with, they get a breather against Charleston Southern after this game. But the last, uh, let's see, going back basically month, going back to November 24th, November 23rd, we'll actually say, their schedule has been bonkers. A gauntlet. Villanova, who is unranked, but they're Villanova, right? You're not getting a pushover against against Villanova. That was an overtime game. So let's just get mentally exhausted to start the stretch of tough games. Uh, the next night, they beat number 20, Arkansas. Five nights later, they beat number 10, Tennessee. Three nights later, they, they beat Florida State, who is the only unranked opponent during this kind of stretch here. Then they get three days off. They lose to number five, UConn. Then they get 11 days off. They lose to number 14, Kentucky. And now, after, what is that, four more days off, they play number seven, Oklahoma. That is brutal. But also, you'd like to end that little stretch with a win, wouldn't you? Two straight losses. I mean, they're as, you know, I know Carolina fans won't like this. They're as understandable a loss as you can have, right? Versus UConn. Neutral court against Kentucky, two top 15 teams in the country uh, with, with you know, probably one of the few handful of teams that may have a bit more natural talent than what you have when it comes to just recruiting. UConn recruited very well after, uh, after, after their national championship, and on top of that, they returned Donovan Klingon and a few others. And Kentucky always, you know, under Coach Calipari, they're always going to have uh, a certain baseline of, of NBA futures on their team. It's it's. They need a signature win, and and they've had their opportunities. Tennessee, maybe right. Tennessee's a good good squad, uh, but beating number seven Oklahoma would be that. They would be that, and it's another. Uh, it's not neutral court. I don't want to call it neutral court. It's not in Chapel Hill, <laughs> but it's in North Carolina. It's in Charlotte, Jumpman Classic. Oklahoma is not going to have the fans in the arena. Yeah. Um, so take advantage of it, right? Take advantage of the home cooking, if you will. Replicate what you were able to do last year against Michigan in the same invitational. Exactly. Exactly. And on top of that, R.J. Davis, keep keep doing what you're doing. Harrison Ingram, keep doing what you're doing. Armando Baycott, get it figured out. Elliot Cadeau, this could be a coming out party for you. Like, there's there's opportunities when you play big games like this. It could be a Marcus Page game hey. this freshman year for Elliot Cadeau. That's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horses. It's going to be such a great night of basketball. Um, number 10, Baylor versus number 21, Duke at Madison Square Garden. And Duke's another one. They're looking for a signature victory. 
right? They beat Michigan. Like, at the beginning of the year, Michigan State was preseason ranked number four in the country. Uh, and it was Duke's, what was it, third game of the year? Yep. And you thought that was going to be the opportunity for their signature win. And they won the game. The problem was Michigan State had lost already to James Madison, and they're not even in the top 25 right now. Yeah. Uh, Duke, by the way, doesn't have a win against the top 25 team as far as the top 25 right now. The teams that are currently the top 25, they don't have one yet. And that's unusual, right? They scheduled aggressively. They played Arizona, right? They scheduled aggressively. They had that Michigan State game. They have this Baylor game. Um, they're going to have to win one. <laughs> even the Arkansas game and the even, ACC, even, again, SEC challenge. Yeah, that, I mean, that's less of a choice. But, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it was a, a chance for them to to get a win against a ranked opponent. And they didn't get it. Hostile road environment. Uh, really, their only road environment so far. Uh, this one is at Madison Square Garden, which there is a legacy for Duke at MSG, right? They've won there. I think it's like forty some times. They they go there. There's a big contingent of Duke fans in that that you know tri-state area, uh, and MSG is going to have a bunch of Duke gear in the stands and and. Baylor's coming a long way from Texas. Madison Square Garden is notorious for being a coming out party for Duke basketball players. It is. It's. I saw a list. I'm not going to list them all, um, but you can find a list for everything online. Uh, a list I passed through my social media of best Duke performances in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And there was a lot of, oh, yeah. Like, you almost forget. that. Oh, yeah, that's when we were introduced to fill in the blank, right? Oh, yeah. Zion and R- R.J. Barrett. Oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Grayson Allen. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it just kept going on and on and on. And it started with, like, you know, 25, right? So it was the worst one first. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a good game. And then by the end, it was like, that what? How, how many points? Do you remember who was number one in that list? I don't. It was one of those deals where I was scrolling pretty quickly and just doing a lot. It's like, uh, you know the joke that you can get a bunch of dudes in a room? and just name players that they forgot about. Yeah. You could just go like, uh, remember Steven Davis, the running back? And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, he was good. Uh, do you remember Eddie House? Oh, Eddie House, good one. Do you remember Justin Blackman? Uh, there's just a lot of them like that. Uh, matter of fact, there was, I think it was a mic'd up where Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert when they were on the Bucks, Blaine Gabbert was the backup. Uh, we're doing just that. And even Tom Brady liked to do it, where they were just like, do you remember so-and-so? And Brady's like, oh, yeah, I played against him. Do you remember so-and-so? Oh, yeah. I kind of had that moment where I was just going through and just remembering guys that scored a bunch of points for Duke. Um, but I don't remember who was first. They may have been the, the Zion R.J. Barrett one. May have been. Uh, either way, there's a little bit of pressure there, right? If you're a Duke player and you go to MSG – there's a bit of pressure there, right? Like, you have to do something to get remembered. It's part of the reason why you go to a school like Duke or a score. Uh, uh, Dennis Cox just texted me. Remember Roger Mason Jr.? Yeah, that's there a good one. Um, it's it's uh, like you, the reason you go to Duke or North Carolina or, heck, Baylor now. Uh, they're kind of becoming that status. But, but UConn, Kentucky. The reason you go to those schools is to be associated with the greats that played there, right? The reason you go to those schools is to take advantage of those opportunities of going to a blue blood. The brotherhood. The, the brotherhood. But part of it is also the challenge, right? If you want to be remembered for how you play in MSG by Duke, you can't score, you know, 17-5, and five, right? You, you got to hit a game winner. 
You got to get a triple double. You got to shoot 13 for 13. You got to you got to score 35. You got to do something special if you want that to be part of your legacy. You also can't allow to get run out of the court or run off the court against a Baylor team that's going to be very upset with how they performed mm-hmm. this past Saturday against Michigan State. Great point. Great point. That's number four. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. It is National Signing Day in college football. I have a couple of thoughts on a couple different teams here. Uh, we'll start with NC State. And by the way, we, we've we've done the uh, the breakdown of the Mac Brown, Dave Doran war, war of Words. I'm going to focus on the actual signing day now for a second. Uh, NC State, I believe, is making a statement on what they want their offense to be. The red light is on fire. What and but it's not just the level of recruit; it's the position. Their best recruits, the the Palers, uh, the Terrell Andersons, are receivers. Yeah. Now Dave Doran historically has been control the ball, play defense. Right, blue collar. Robert and I, their offensive coordinator, he might be thinking like, you know, greatest show on Carter Finley turf. Like he he might be thinking, let's air wolf pack. Sort of what we were supposed to be promised this past year. And granted, we kind of saw it in the last five games of the season to a sense. Well then, no, actually no, we, we we didn't see air wolf pack. And and the like I here's here's the thing that I think might be switching, right? Part of what Robert Anai is known for is being able to craft his offense to whatever the skill set of his team is. So if you have a team that has Casey Concepcion and a running quarterback, when they were playing their best with Brennan Armstrong, that was kind of the secret sauce, right? It was Casey Concepcion and Brennan Armstrong running. But what we didn't always ask is, well, if you got to choose, what would your roster be able to do, right? If Robert and I can craft an offense that can do anything based on what the the roster skill set is, what would you choose to have the roster skill set? And it looks like he wants a ton of wide receivers. Terrell Anderson, wide receiver out of Greensboro, North Carolina, was rumored to be a flip to Georgia, right? Right up until he put pen to paper on his letter of intent, there were rumors that Georgia was working hard to flip his commitment. Yeah. That's that's a good sign, right? When Georgia wants the guys committed to your your team, that's a good sign. Uh, Jonathan Paler is probably the fastest guy on the uh, on, on the recruiting class, and he's from Burlington, North Carolina. But the guy can go. Uh, Jamar Boston is the number eight recruit in South Carolina. Uh, Christian Zachary was the number fourteen recruit in South Carolina. Keenan Jackson, another wide receiver who they flipped from UNC. He was committed to North Carolina up until yesterday. He's from uh, Matthews, North Carolina. Add into that, they brought in Wesley Grimes out of the transfer portal, a wide receiver from Wake Forest. Add into that, maybe their best player on the offense this past year was Casey Concepcion. Not maybe. Their best player on the offense this past year, Casey Concepcion, is just a sophomore next year and a wide receiver. They got wide receivers coming out of their ears. And that's what impresses me the most, along with all that. Just with National Sign Day and also the transfer portal, they're utilizing both to fill the needs of positions that they need. They're not just going out and getting these guys because of the five-star, four-star talent that they are. That does help, but they don't want Casey Concepcion to carry the workload next year. They want Grace McCall to have a variety of weapons to throw to next year in this offense. Add in Justin Jolie, their, their tight end, who was the number one tight end in the portal. They got him from UConn. Uh, add in Jordan Waters, their running back that they got out of the portal from Duke. He's not just a plotter. He's not going to run downhill. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. We might get Air Wolfpack next year. 
Grayson McCall, 88 passing touchdowns, 14 interceptions in his career. It feels like they're making a stance on their identity, saying, hey, our defense is really good, but if we need to win a shootout, we got the dogs now. We're about to go back to the Kelvin Horman, Emeka Mezzi, hey, Brian Finley days. If, if, if you, smoke them if you got them, right? If you, if you have it in, in your, your arsenal, use it. And they're building that arsenal. Also some good players on, on defense. Uh, North Carolina, looking at them uh, here on signing day, uh, they're building what appears to be defense first. Actually, no, I won't say that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of reporting on Keenan Jackson flipping. He's a wide receiver that was committed to University of North Carolina up until yesterday, and he flipped and committed to NC State today. We just talked about him. Um, UNC has some offense some firepower at wide receiver also. I'm not saying they weren't coveting Keenan Jackson or they're like, oh, who cares? Because he's a good player. But uh, Jordan Ship out of Charlotte, four-star wide receiver. Alex Taylor out of Greensboro, three-star wide receiver, 12th best recruit in North Carolina. Javarius Green, Shelby, North Carolina, fourth best, or sorry, 14th best recruit in North Carolina, wide receiver. Like like they have some, some guys that make it hurt less when a wide receiver flipped. Um, Elsewhere, they attacked the state of Georgia with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, to use a Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh quote. Their top recruit, Georgia. Third best recruit out of Georgia. Uh, sixth best recruit out of Georgia. Seventh best recruit out of Georgia. Eighth best recruit out of Georgia. They, uh, tenth best recruit out of Georgia. Thirteenth best recruit out of Georgia. These are all according to 247 sports rankings. Fourteenth uh, best recruit out of Georgia. Just a lot of Georgia. So, hey. If you can't find the recruits nearby, go where you need to go to get them. Uh, and and as we've said time and time and time again, uh, North Carolina always recruits well. Duke, if you noticed, if you've been listening to the show all day, we're doing our little signing day coverage here, and we haven't talked a ton about Duke. I don't think it's fair to talk about Duke. They're coming in 63rd overall in, in recruiting. Manny Diaz was put in a really tough situation based on, A, the coaching change, B, how long Duke took to make the hire of Manny Diaz, uh, right? They were already into portal time by the time Manny Diaz took over, which means his priority number one had to be making the guys on campus feel wanted. And it's tough to get out there and uh, and, and put together a recruiting class when, you know, you you have so much culture setting and staff hiring and, and other things on your plate. Now, Tim, mm-hmm. is it as tough of a hiring as it was for him when he took the Miami job? Well, it's the expectations are so different, right? 63rd best class for, for Duke is that's below average. 63rd best recruiting class for Miami. You might get fired before you coach a game there. Uh, so it's it's just a it's a different place. And that's not to say they don't have some good players, right? Uh, I know Landon Callahan, uh, another in-state guy, has a lot of people that are very excited about him. Uh, but it's it's just it's a tough situation for them to be in when so much of their their um, kind of resources had to be spent making sure the guys on campus stayed on campus so i'm i'm not next year i'll dive into further what what duke needs to do in the recruiting world uh, i'm not going to be as tough on them as i am on state in carolina because state has dave doran he's been there a decade plus mac brown is mac brown like those are those are different situations uh that is number three let's get to number two just the two of us Quickly here, Florida State, there's an ESPN article about them pondering their ACC future. Um, I'm going to keep this one short. We, bye, we, Felicia. We, no, not bye, Felicia. 
You can't leave. You're not allowed to. Why are you discussing it, right? That's like me saying, you know, I'm going to get together and ponder whether I want to go to the Oscars this year. Nobody invited me. I don't have a ticket. I can't go to the Oscars. Why am I wasting so much time thinking about whether I want to go to the Oscars? Florida State's going to get together and ponder their ACC future. You can't leave. Your grant of rights, it doesn't expire till 2036. And even on the top of the money you'd give as part of your grant of rights media deal, there's a $120 million exit fee. Unless you have the better part of a billion dollars laying around, you can't leave. So what are you discussing? You're discussing how to embarrass the ACC, of which you're a part of. I'm not going to the Oscars. I'm not invited. You're not leaving the ACC. You're not allowed. We should both spend our time debating different things. That's number two. Let's get to number one. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group canes lit up vegas last night let's end on a on a positive how about it canes the carolina hurricanes i don't know if there was a team in the nhl that needed to light up the number one team in the league more than the carolina hurricanes it was 6-1 before a couple of late scrappy goals uh made it 6-3 but i'll take it i'll take it Pyotr kochekov played well in goal and it was necessary that he played well in goal uh, Andrei Svechnikov scored and was physical, put guys into the boards, uh, right, right, did what he needed to do coming back from injury to remind everybody who Andrei Svechnikov is. Sebastian Aho was the best player on the ice and didn't have to score to prove it. Three assists, all on power plays. Jarvis scored, Kokaniemi scored, Bunting scored. Like, if, if you asked me, uh, if, if you actually, this, this might be a uh, um, – a fun little little exercise. But if you asked me going into the game, like, hey, six goals are going to happen, who do you want to score them? I'd probably say definitely Svetch, right? I'd probably say Kokaniemi, get off that 10-game pointless drought. Uh, I'd say Jarvis because I want to keep encouraging him to, to fire away. Um, maybe get – I mean, Stahl got one, but let's be real. That's as much on the pass from Faust as it is on Stahl. And and that that you know that line probably needed a goal just because they keep I don't know why they're such a polarizing group I think they're doing a really good job this year um, I probably would have given one to Teravainen I don't know if Shea needed one but it was still good to see uh, and and Aho with three assists that's that's fine that he's he's doing that that's his thing oh and by the way that power play three for three exactly. for the Hurricanes Vegas Golden Knights zero for four exactly. On the power play. Exactly. Who had that on their bingo cord? Not I. But but if you if you ask me to draw up like, hey, not what you think is going to happen, but what you hope happens, I would go like, well, they're going to be perfect on power play. They're going to be perfect on the PK. Uh, Svetch is going to score the first goal. Like it, I almost would have drawn out that game. It was that kind of quintessentially what they were looking for. Rod Brindamore talked to the media about all those guys getting rewarded with goals. 
Well, I mean, listen, it wasn't a, well, it ended up 6-3, but it wasn't that, uh, like the score. It was a tighter game than that. It's just, it's nice to see us get rewarded. Like, even all year, the Bucks haven't been going in, and tonight they did. And I think it's good for the guys to just, all right, I got rewarded tonight and for what we've been doing. We've been playing, I think, really well here lately. It's just a tough find in the net. So, yeah, something we, we, we've been building on, and we got to continue, obviously. That's what I mean when I say it's what they needed, right? If, if you keep making, and, and Rod was kind of hinting at this, if you keep making the right decision, putting the right effort in, and you don't get goals, and you don't get goals, and it's frustrating. Sometimes you just need to see, like, all the hard work pay off, and last night felt like a payoff for individuals scoring goals, but also for the team as a whole. Sticking to your game. It works. It's sticking to your game. It works. More from Brenda Moore on the the, the – you know, outbreak of scoring and what it might do for their confidence. I hope so. You know, it does. I mean, it, it, fortunately, in our sport, you get you know graded on your stats a lot of times, and it doesn't mean you were playing poorly because you weren't scoring, or sometimes you're scoring, you're not necessarily playing that great. But that that's just how it always is. So you hope that those guys that needed a goal it boosts their their game overall. Confidence, confidence, confidence. That game has to give you a lot of confidence. Now, I will say this, right? Um, everything I'm talking about, all these these flowery poems I'm writing about how awesome that game was, they'll all go down the, you know, I'll rip them up, I'll shred them if you show up in Pittsburgh on Thursday, uh, tomorrow that is, and and lay an egg, right? If if you then go to New York to play the Islanders the next day, and, and or not the next day, on Saturday, and you lay another egg, it's like, okay, you're giving back all of the goodwill you earned. But, gosh, it felt like a lot happened that needed to happen last night. Right? A, lo a lot of things that, that you needed to see. Yeah, I'm getting worried about Sved. He's not the same guy post-injury. Boom, last night happens. Okay, maybe he's getting back. I'm worried about Kokaniemi. Can you really depend on him to be a top line or, or top two lines guy? And I'm, I'm a little uh, concerned. He hasn't scored in, you know, 10 games. Boom. Knock that off. Our top guys aren't performing well. Three assists for Ajo. Perfect. Special teams. I'm concerned. Perfect PK. Perfect power play. I'm worried about the goalie. Okay, you can be worried about the goalie. Those might still continue because it's a whole you know, tangle the web they've woven with that particular position. But for last night, when they needed to make, make saves, Pyotr Kochekov made saves. When he didn't need to make saves, he let a couple through. But uh, but it was interesting, and it was and it was exciting, and it was a win. And they were up 6-1 on the, the Golden Knights. And it was fun. And, and it was fun, and the atmosphere, right? Uh, I was talking with Paul Eihander here at the station who was, who was at the game watching it in person and, and said the energy – on like the third or fourth goal, I forget which one, uh, like was as loud as that that arena has been this season. That's not to be overlooked. Like that matters. We had a sing along to Sweet Caroline. Hey. The wave came back. Yeah, the the storm surge, all those sorts of things. That's that's big. Team like that needed it. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help 
help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.